0: Good morning Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Wednesday, November 29, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning to our weather, Riverside is experiencing a mild day with the high reaching 63.6 degrees and the nighttime low dropping to a cool 50.1. Now, let's dive into the top stories we're following. The U.S. Supreme Court is set to scrutinize the SEC's in-house enforcement powers, a move that could reshape the future of financial oversight in America. We'll explore the potential implications for investors and our financial institutions. In a more local concern, California families are on edge as they may face the festive season in the dark, due to imminent electric rate hikes. We'll be discussing the impact on households as they prepare for a potentially subdued Christmas celebration and how communities are responding to these challenges. Lastly, we'll examine the troubling signals that the so-called everything bubble is coming to an end. With the global economy at a crossroads, experts warn of grave challenges that threaten the survival of humanity. We will unpack what this means and how it could alter the economic landscape worldwide. Stay tuned for all this and more on Alex's News. In a significant case that could reshape financial regulation enforcement, the U.S. Supreme Court is currently weighing the legality of the SEC's in-house enforcement actions. For more on this top story, we go to Ethan, who has been following the developments closely. Ethan, can you walk us through what's at stake here?
1: Absolutely, Grace. The issue at hand is whether the SEC should be allowed to continue using its own administrative law courts for enforcement actions. These courts use judges appointed by the agency itself, rather than the traditional Article III judges that preside over federal cases. Critics argue this process could potentially violate due process rights for defendants.
0: So, Ethan, what's the core of the problem with how these judges are appointed?
1: Well, Grace, Article 3 of the U.S. Constitution sets out that judges are appointed for life and are meant to be free from political pressures. In contrast, the sex administrative law judges are not appointed through this same stringent process, which opponents say could compromise their impartiality and independence.
0: Given these concerns, What reasons does the SEC give in defense of using these in-house judges?
1: The agency claims that these judges have specialized knowledge that is valuable in complex financial cases. They also maintain that this system is more efficient, something that when dealing with potentially market-impacting decisions, can be quite crucial.
0: If the Supreme Court rules against the SEC, what implications might this decision have?
1: The consequences could be significant, Grace. It could force the SEC to take all its enforcement actions to federal district courts, which could slow down the process and affect its ability to promptly regulate the market. It would also be a blow to the sex authority, potentially requiring a legislative response to re-establish its powers in a different form.
0: And what's the sentiment on this in the lower
1: courts? The lower courts are divided, which is why the Supreme Court's decision will be pivotal. Some courts have found the SEC's use of its own courts constitutional, while others have raised flags about due process and the separation of powers.
0: It sounds like the Supreme Court's ruling could radically alter how the SEC operates. Is there any idea of which way the court might lean?
1: Speculation is always challenging with the Supreme Court, Grace, but given the current composition of the court and its recent decisions, there's a possibility they might look favorably on arguments for due process and strict constitutional interpretations.
0: Fascinating insights, Ethan. This is certainly a case that could have sweeping implications for the financial industry and regulatory oversight. Thank you for breaking it down for us.
1: My pleasure, Grace. Let's keep an eye on how this unfolds.
0: Indeed, we will. Moving on to our second story of the morning. In what could be a challenging festive season for families in California, we're looking into the possibility of a Christmas without lights. Joining me now to delve into this pressing issue is our reporter, Chloe. Chloe, what can you tell us about the situation these families are facing?
2: Well, Grace, the picture being painted here is pretty concerning. Regulators in California are currently considering electric rate increases, which could hit many families hard. This is significant as it may lead to some households being unable to afford their electricity bills. That sounds serious. Do we know why these rate hikes are being considered? the specifics aren't entirely clear at the moment. We often see rate increases proposed due to a variety of factors, be it rising operational costs, investment in infrastructure, or even regulatory changes. But without further information from our usual news sources and with only a mention of Facebook, it's challenging to pinpoint the exact reasoning here. How large of an increase are we potentially looking at, Chloe? Again, details are scant, grace, but any significant hike could put low-income families at risk. We're talking about people who may be forced to choose between keeping the lights on and other essentials, even more so during a time that's already been tough due to the economic fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic. I see. Aside from the financial strain, what
0: other implications might this have on the holiday season and beyond for these families?
2: The effect can be quite far-reaching. Celebrating Christmas without lights is a stark metaphor for the larger issue, It's not just about the festive lights, it signifies the potential struggle with heating, cooking, and basically maintaining a functional household during the colder, darker winter months.
0: It certainly puts things into perspective. Are there concerns about the social support systems in place to help families who may be affected by this?
2: Absolutely, Grace. Stories like this underscore the necessity for strong social support and safety nets. These are crucial so that when decisions like rate hikes are made, Vulnerable households aren't left in the cold, literally and figuratively. It's not just an energy issue, it's about ensuring that everyone has access to basic necessities.
0: With that said, what about the regulators? Is there a sense that they're aware of these potential consequences?
2: It's hard to say without further details on the discussions happening at the regulatory level. However, the public's response, especially on platforms like Facebook, could influence the course of action. On one hand, Policymakers have to balance the financial health of utilities, but they also need to consider the very real human impact, especially during sensitive times like the holiday season. Indeed. It's a complex
0: issue. Well, Chloe, I want to thank you for shedding light on these important aspects of the story. Let's hope for a resolution that keeps the holidays bright for everyone.
2: Thank you, Grace. It's a story we'll definitely keep an eye on as it develops. Here are some other headlines
0: Today's major headlines reflect a diverse range of critical events and developments. 1. A U.S. military Osprey aircraft has tragically crashed off the coast of southern Japan. Among the six crew members on board, at least one has been confirmed dead. Search and rescue efforts are fervently underway in hopes of locating the remaining personnel. 2. A candid recount by an Israeli hostage who was recently released has cast a glaring light on the dire conditions faced under Hamas' captivity. These personal stories once again bring into focus the deep-rooted and ongoing conflicts in the Middle East. 3. In Vatican News, Pope Francis has made a decisive move against Cardinal Burke, a vocal conservative voice within the American Catholic hierarchy. By imposing punitive measures, This marks a notable second instance of disciplinary action against high-ranking U.S. conservative clerics by the Vatican, signaling rising tensions within the church. 4. In political updates, former President Donald Trump is stirring his base, referencing the January 6 Capitol rioters, while his attorneys work to distance him from the events in ongoing court cases. This intriguing juxtaposition provides insight into the complexities of Trump's legal battles and political maneuvers. 5. And in the tech world, concerns over the manipulation of digital content have escalated as evidence surfaces of deepfake technology being used to create deceptive imagery in the context of the Gaza conflict. This, coupled with a recent AI misstep involving Sports Illustrated, underlines the growing unease about the trajectory and impact of AI in society. In conclusion, today's headlines speak to significant geopolitical tensions, technological quandaries, and institutional dynamics with far-reaching implications. Stay tuned for more on these developing stories throughout the day. We're turning our attention now to a warning that's commanding global headlines. Economists are sounding the alarm about several looming threats they say could destabilize the global economy and pose risks to humanity itself. For a deeper dive into this ominous forecast, we have Ethan with us, who's been closely following these developments. Ethan, can you help us unpack what exactly is being said here?
1: Absolutely, Grace. The term, everything bubble, is something you don't hear every day, but according to a piece by Noriel Robini for Morningstar, that bubble is on the brink of bursting. This bubble refers to a combination of several economic, financial, and systemic threats that are escalating simultaneously.
0: So when we talk about an everything bubble, it seems like we're dealing with not just one isolated issue but a confluence of problems. Could you elaborate on the key issues at play here?
1: Well, Grace, Robini discusses what he calls the Great Stagflation, and this is a significant part of the problem. It's a term not commonly used since the 1970s, and it refers to a period characterized by stagnant economic growth alongside rising inflation. Central banks are stuck in what's known as a debt trap. Which means they're having a really tough time achieving price stability. Raising interest rates to combat inflation could tip economies into recession, and no one wants that.
0: I see, treading that fine line must be incredibly challenging for policymakers. Now, Ethan, what does Robini say about the potential implications or consequences if these issues aren't handled with precision?
1: The potential implications are vast, Grace. Think about geopolitical tensions, trade disputes, political instability. These are real threats to economic growth and international cooperation. Plus, climate change demands significant investment, otherwise, we face irreversible damage. And let's not forget the pandemic, which has been a stark reminder of our vulnerabilities, especially in healthcare and crisis response.
0: With so many variables in play, it sounds like governing bodies have their work cut out for them. Now, what about this notion of, Globotics? This isn't a term many might be familiar with.
1: You're right, Grace, it's not as widely recognized. Globotics merges globalization with automation. It's reshaping industries and labor markets, leading to job losses and increasing inequality. So we could see economic shifts that create more social tensions if these trends aren't managed with an eye toward fairness and equity.
0: The social aspect of economic policy is certainly something that can't be ignored. As if this wasn't enough, Robini also points to societal aging. How does this factor into the current economic situation?
1: Societal aging is a critical element. As our population gets older, the demand for healthcare and social security intensifies. This drives up government spending, which in turn contributes to inflation. It represents a demographic challenge that could further strain economies around the world, adding yet another layer to this complex situation.
0: With all these interconnected threats stacking up, Ethan It seems like the article is painting quite a somber picture of our world. Before we let you go, any final thoughts on how critical it is for policymakers to address these concerns?
1: Grace, the message seems to be that it's not just critical, it's essential. The idea is to avoid a hard landing, for the global economy, and Robini emphasizes the need for stability, sustainability, and resilience. Coordinated efforts and strategic policymaking will be paramount in navigating what appears to be an increasingly turbulent path ahead.
0: It's a sobering analysis indeed, and one that we'll all be watching closely. Ethan, thank you so much for this in-depth look at some of the key economic challenges we're facing.
1: My pleasure, Grace. Thanks for having me.
0: That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.